we thrive on changes. And right now we're going into a post-pandemic economy and post-pandemic economy won't be identical to pandemic economy, won't be identical to pre-pandemic. So as an entrepreneur, there's ways that we can capitalize on it and make money likely better than the other bigger companies. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jim Estel of Danby Appliances. Jim, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jump into the interview, I want to read a little, a little more about Jim so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Jim is CEO of Danby Appliances, which is a niche manufacturer of speciality appliances, distributing over 2 million appliances per year. Jim is a Canadian technology entrepreneur, executive, and philanthropist. He started his first computer distribution business from the trunk of his car while in university and grew the business to $2 billion in sales. Jim has invested in, mentored, and advised over 150 technology companies, including BlackBerry, and he joined their board before they went public and served for 13 years. Jim, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCEO community? You bet. I am. Awesome. Well, let's make it happen. Your bio got me all choked up, but uh, I wanted to rewind the clock here a little bit more on how you got started, what I like to call your CEO story. Well, I was in university engineering and I wanted to design circuit boards, but I needed a computer and got a better deal if I bought two of them. Back then, computers were expensive. So I bought two, sold one, then someone else wanted one. So I bought another two and then someone wanted a printer, then a disk drive. And next thing you know, I'm buying and selling computer hardware, software and peripherals. And that's the business I built. Uh, the reason it's from the trunk of my car at that time, living in a university residence, the safest place was the trunk of my car. And uh, and back then, cars were big. So cars were boats, right? And uh, and computers were expensive. So that's where I kept my inventory. And I grew that business to a couple billion in sales. And then I retired, spent five years uh, doing uh, venture capital, angel capital, and uh uh, I moved to New York just to get a, because I always wanted to live in the States for a while and see how that was. And then uh, my dad got sick. So I moved back to Canada and uh, I was on the board of Danby Appliances. The CEO resigned and I said, oh, I can go in and run that for a while. And I started running. And I said, that's what I like to do is I like to run. It, it's not a big company, but it's not a tiny company, a company that has some heft. And then uh, and then the ownership group said they wanted me to sell the company. I said, well, wait a minute. That was my next decade gig. So how much do you want me to, to try to sell it for? And they told me, I said, okay, fine, I'll take it. So that's how I ended up owning Danby Appliances. That's that's probably the gist of the story. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, and I think, um, you know, all good things kind of come from either the trunk of your car or a garage or somewhere around there, somewhere in between. So I love how you got your start. And then, of course, how you, you sounds like you found, you know, where you wanted to be and, and to kind of create everything with Danby Appliances. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I actually see when you're young, you have this theory, you go start your business, you grow it to big size, and you sell it for a lot of money, and then you retire. And and I retired and figured out maybe that's not that fun. And so I unretired 
And that's why I'm doing Danby Appliances because I, I, and it's actually been much better because I, I know my purpose more now. And, and it's not the um, urgency. I don't know. Like when, when I was starting my first business, it's like, oh, how do I make payroll on Thursday? And, uh, you know, am I going to have to eat and craft dinner again? And, you know, it's like, uh, how, how are you going to live? Right. Where uh, now I, I don't actually worry about whether or not I'm going to have to eat craft dinner tonight or not. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful place to be. And do you feel like the time away or the time in between, maybe a better way to say it, uh, was what kind of led you to like that realization or maybe that understanding of your purpose? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, during that time, I I actually don't do anything I don't want to do. Now, of course, there's, that's not true. I still file taxes and do some stuff. But at the end of the day, I um, I am responsible for what I want. And I, I only take meetings for that I want to take. I only do what I want to do. And it's been very liberating for me. I say this to everybody when I'm when I have my team with me. I, I, I am in a meeting and I say, well, okay, so you're gonna do this and work with the team because I don't do anything. They do all, they do everything. And that's what you find in a mid-sized company like Danby. I I can take take my time and do stuff like this. It, it is where I get my most leverage, is doing those things that I'm uniquely capable of doing. And I don't get much leverage on doing things which other people can probably do better than I can. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that takes a lot of, I would say a lot of times, especially from a leadership standpoint, you have to be on the balance beam where you have the ego to believe that you can, you know, create something, create the impact. And like you said, making the 1% growth of a, of a billion dollar company and what that looks like, but also the ego to understand that there are be people that do better things better than I do or in certain places. And I think that takes a, that balance beam act to, to, to kind of um, execute well. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what the so I wanted to drill down a little bit more, hear a little bit more about Danby Appliances. Could you take us through uh, what you all do there, how you make that impact and how you're um, serving the clients you work with? Sure. So uh, we sell our products through all of the retailers like Costco, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, Target, um, you name it, plus a bunch of independent uh, smaller appliance stores. And we sell online through uh, Amazon, uh, HomeDepot.com, Wayfair, all of the the ones. So we're a consumer product and our products mostly focus around things with compressors. So that would be refrigerators, freezers, wine coolers. Um, we do sell uh, other appliances that we don't make, ranges, uh, microwaves, uh, laundry. We sell really a complete thing. And then uh, because we do things with compressors, we do um, dehumidifiers and air conditioners, which sound, why would you do an air conditioner, like a window air conditioner? Because um, it's got a compressor in it. People don't know this, but it's the same compressor you'll use in a bar fridge. And our niche tends to be smaller, large appliances. So we are perfect for a New York apartment. We're perfect for the um, the, the refrigerator in your garage or in your basement. Uh, we're, we're leaders in second appliances. We don't tend to be, we aren't, we don't do great big, huge side-by-sides that you can climb into. That's not what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you feel like a lot of that, you know, success and maybe even that secret sauce of, of kind of niching down um, within the organizations has led you to, to kind of, you know, find your own lane, for lack of a better term? Well, yeah, I mean, the uh, so I've always believed in, in um, trying to find a niche because if you find a niche, um, then you there's less competition around that niche and you get really good at it. So you've interviewed uh, 100 CEOs. Well, you get good at interviewing CEOs where someone else interviews CEO and then a, a vice president and then uh, someone else, they, they, don't, they don't get their questions. They don't get how to do it. So I'm a big believer in niche and we're, we are lucky. Actually, one of my 
beliefs of the secret of happiness is gratitude. And I'm very grateful that we are in the right niche. I'd love to say that we planned it, but we didn't totally plan it. And what I'm the reason we're in the right niche, everyone's going to smaller spaces. And everybody's like if, if the condos that are being built today are 300 square foot less than the ones that were built 10 years ago. Um, and at the same time, the pandemic has meant that everyone wants more refrigeration and freezers. So everyone wants to have a freezer. They don't want to go to the grocery store. They want to, you know, they're, they're eating more at home and they have to put their leftovers in the fridge. So uh, the recession or the uh, pandemic has actually been good for our business. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, you know, when you really think about it, just like and that's why I always, um, you know, you, you hear those stories of um, whenever, you know, less than ideal things happen, um, everything's kind of, quote unquote, doom and gloom. But in reality, there's a lot of times some opportunities because habits and and shifts happen, you know, with people. And like you mentioned, people, you know, not going out as much or maybe getting things delivered that they need to have refrigerator or in a certain place. So all those things seem to have, you know, fed well into, you know, the, the, the company that you have. We thrive on changes. And right now we're going into a post-pandemic economy and post-pandemic economy won't be identical to pandemic economy, won't be identical to pre-pandemic. So as an entrepreneur, there's ways that we can capitalize on it and make money likely better than the other bigger companies because the big companies they take, and I know that because I'm running, you know, a medium company, you can skate circles around me because um, we're medium size and I can skate circles around the uh, $30 billion company because we're, uh, smaller. And of course, I'm an entrepreneur. We're, we get entrepreneurial. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And do you feel like um, I was going to ask you for what I call your secret sauce is the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you makes you unique. Do you think it's that ability to be entrepreneurial, to think strategically, to understand, you know, all of it sounds like all of the knowledge and information that you have? Uh, yes, I, th I think actually being a niche uh, player really helps because we get really good at making bar fridges, half size, mini fridges. Like we just get, then we put all our focus into R and D and packaging and being perfect in that. And the competitors do that, but then they, they make most of their money on big, big fridges. So they're trying to get everybody into the big fridges. How much time do you give on a fridge that costs $200? You don't. So that is definitely um, part of the secret sauce, the entrepreneurial nature. Yes. That really has helped our company. When the pandemic started, we actually, um, assembled 10,000 ventilators. And we're, of course, we're not a medical company. Why would we do that? Well, at when it started, I thought, oh my God, the, the, you know, we're not going to be able to sell anything. And how do we keep people employed? So we, uh, we did that. And that, of course, is on the fringe of being too entrepreneurial, but it's also part of our save the world, do the right thing. And uh, you know, at the time, we needed ventilators to uh, help people that needed them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hear a lot of times the, the businesses and the organizations that last long, uh, a lot of times they're doing the right thing. People are inspired to work for companies that do the right thing more than companies that want to make an extra 10,000 freezers. Awesome. I, I love that. And so I wanted to switch gears a little, little bit and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this might be an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Well, the latest book that I love is uh, Why We Sleep. And that it goes against my earlier self. I wrote a book years and years ago. And one of the things I said, I'm embarrassed to say, it was on time management. One of the things I more or less said is sleep is for wimps. But I will say, as I get older, I have come to learn true wisdom is guard your sleep. Sleep makes you more powerful. And that ties to another thing that I always say, and that is health trumps wealth. The reason you're able to do what you do is because you're healthy. 
and you've only got one body, so you look after it. And uh, that is, it really is more important than any amount of wealth. And, and I've had, I know wealthy people who would give all their money to have their health back. And uh, so for all your listeners, pay attention to your health. And, and I don't have to tell you how to do that. Everyone knows how to do it. We just don't do it as well as we can, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that, especially um, the evolution. It sounds like you've gone through as well, too, because I think that's I don't know. I don't know if put words in your mouth. But I feel like that's part of being entrepreneurial is understanding that things change as you get more data, information and knowledge and even lived experience. A lot of times our habits, our hacks are things that we lean on change and they evolve. So I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this is a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you would tell your younger business self. I believe in failure. Fail often, fail fast, fail cheap, and having a failure does not make you a failure. I attribute much of my success to the fact that I have failed more than many other people. And failure is not trying. Failure is not, if you try something and it doesn't work, then just shake it off, learn, and drive on, but don't fear failure. Doesn't mean you try to do things wildly, but just don't overthink it and have a few failures. That's the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to, you know, kind of zero in on two things that you said. You said fail cheaply. And then you said, you know, I think you said fail often or you failed more than other fail people. Fail often, fail fast, fail cheap. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And I think so many times we forget about that. A lot of people that are quote unquote success and however we define that and whatever that looks like are the people that go over and over again and they get you know, such a opportunity to learn from those experiences that it, every time they do the next thing and the next thing, the next thing, they're doing it with so much more knowledge and information. And it also sets them up for success because while somebody might try, you know, three times, this person has tried 30 times or 40 times or 50 times, and they've increased their likelihood of being successful just by trying more, more times. So I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Jim, what does being a CEO mean to you? Being a CEO means being everything. I'm a big believer in servant leader. My job is to help my team succeed. But this, and the CEO's job is to help everyone else succeed. Help enough people get what they want. You'll get what you want. So uh, it's not what some people think. Some people think, oh, you're CEO. You run the whole show. You're, you're the king of the castle. You're actually at the bottom. You have to uh, help everything else to uh, make the whole system work. Yeah. And I love that, you know, that, that phrase, you know, the servant leadership in that perspective as well, too, because I think so many times the, I would say the better the leader you are, the more of the servant you end up being. And the more that you realize that it's not just you, you end up, you know, um, having a great impact in so many different ways. So you become a servant, it becomes an incredible responsibility. And it's something that you lean into and you also, you know, pay attention to every decision that you're making. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm a big, big believer in servant leadership. It's the only way to lead, in my opinion. I agree. I echo that as well, too. So, Jim, truly appreciate that definition. Of course, appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And, of course, how best they can get a hold of you, find about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Well, of course, everyone needs to go out and buy lots of Danby appliances. That goes without saying. Um, and you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. And if you have Google, then you can Google and get, get my contact. So uh, um, don't worry about that. But I will leave you with the secret to happiness. The secret to happiness is being grateful for what you have, not ungrateful for what you've lost or ungrateful for what other people have. And I learned that 
from a project we did where we brought in several hundred um, refugees and we're continuing to sponsor Afghan refugees to come to, uh, to Canada. And if you look at it, be grateful for what you have, be grateful for where you're born, grateful for where we live. We, any problems I have, they're first world problems. I, I'm not gonna have to sleep under a bridge tonight. That's not, so be grateful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jim. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well too. I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. You too, thank you. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.